Welcome back to another episode of the EFL Freezy Crowd podcast. As always, I'm joined by resident Millwall fan, Andy. Hello, how are we? Yeah, not too bad. And Statman Luke, how are we doing? Oh, not too bad, chaps. How are we? Yeah, all good. In a week where the managerial musical chairs is in full swing, Cheltenham are at the races and Rochdale are back to their free scoring, free conceding best. Welcome back to the pod. Swansea, Cardiff, on paper, all the all marks of an absolute classic. But was it? Um, the scoreline doesn't suggest so, does it? But uh, I mean, we had long throw mayhem. We had good saves, penalty shouts. Uh, Steve Cooper getting a little bit unlucky, which is always good. Yeah, but uh, no fighting going on, Luke, which is something that you wanted to see. No. Last week, my high-risk, high-reward was I think we'd see uh, three red cards and a post-match scrap. We saw no red cards, no post-match scrap. Very disappointing. Oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear, no fights. I mean, if there is something we love to see in a game like this, it's a long throw causing absolute mayhem. Will Volks throws it in. And then Woodman makes an incredible save. But then the player we all love on this show, do we? Aidan Flint. (laughs) (laughs) comes crashing through the mess like uh, Mr Plough himself would and (laughs) and smashes Cardiff up early on Oh Mr Plough that's my name that name again is Mr Plough Yeah you mentioned about the uh, penalty shouts it looked like um, Swansea had a couple of shouts for penalties but to be honest I don't think anyone's got any uh, sympathy for for Swansea at the moment and penalties so um, potentially playing on the referee's mind there as well when he doesn't give them but to be fair to Swansea they did everything but score so many chances so many shots just so many missed opportunities and I think that's probably something that will frustrate them after after this weekend yeah you say that James 75% possession they had which is incredible 23 attempts to nine however Cardiff had seven of their nine attempts on target. Swansea yeah. just won, just won all game. <laughs> and I mean, the biggest chance of the whole game, that apart from the goal, was was Kiefer Moore running through after that mistake from the goalkeeper. So it could easily have been 2-0 there or, or a should red card. Yeah, I mean, there's been debates on whether Moore should have gone down there. I mean, I'm going down all day long. I don't know about you two. <laughs> <laughs> Adding a few roles. Yeah, I think the the disappointing thing is there. Should a player have to go down for the foul to be given? He's done the right thing. Yeah, I mean, he's made a total hash brown of the finish. What the hell is he doing? I'm not quite sure. But um, yeah, derby day. I've got the choice to be through on goal and the potential to mess it up. Or I could just throw myself to the ground and get the keeper sent off and let someone else take the penalty. Mm. I'm the same as you, Andy. I'm hitting the deck. When it's already <laughs> <laughs> that makes three of us, then he kind of yeah. like scuffs the finish. It's 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 nice to see a, a clearance off the line, but this is Derby Day. You've got to, you've got to go down. You, actually, that goes against all my morals. He's done the right thing, but yeah, it, no. <laughs> you go down against Swansea, don't you? you go down. 
Well, you say it was cleared off the line. I'm not sure it was going to make it to the line. <laughs> it was the <laughs> slowest. Scott's I was going to say it was a lazy, lazy finish after staying on your feet, which is what we want to see. But then he just is so lazy. He just thinks he's already in the net, pretty much. He just casually just passed it towards the goal. But yeah, I mean, and it was one nil already as well. Go down, keepers, keepers sent off there. Game over. I'm sure Mick <laughs> was thinking the same thing as well. Probably screaming it if we're all honest. He's probably shouting at him, "Go down!" You can just imagine it. If that was full of fans as well, they're all shouting the same thing. You you mentioned Mick McCarthy there, and I don't know if you caught his post-match interview, but it was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Talking about how uh, he wishes he had a coat hanger to put in his mouth to keep the smile there all weekend. <laughs> what sort of analogy is that? Uh, I wish I had a coat hanger. Yeah. Is that is that a phrase? I don't know. Or is it is that the first time it's ever been said? Because it was really weird, <laughs> wasn't it? It was yeah. a McCarthyism. Yeah. <laughs> now, boys, I wasn't going to go to a one 0 win quite this early on in the podcast episode, but. There's a little bit of breaking news coming in from um, from Preston. I'm, of course, referring to the fact that Luton managed to get their seventh 1-0 win away from home this season, Andy's uh, Championship away specialists. But it is, uh, it's Preston that I want to focus on right now. Alex Neal, just been sacked. What are your thoughts on that? I feel like he got backing in January. Like the amount of players they signed, Chad Evans and Ben Whiteman and a host of others. But clearly it's not clicked. It is a bit drab some poor results and yeah I think they got 44 points or something they're clearly you know not in a relegation scrap but it's more the fact that nothing's happening yeah it seems to be the same season over and over again for Preston doesn't it just <laughs> just just nothingness I mean they they don't get many mentions on this show and that is probably pretty telling that not much <laughs> has been happening one nil wins one nil losses well mainly one nil losses but yeah and, <laughs> <laughs> it's just not worked out. I mean, I think the key thing is the next three games, Norwich, Swansea, Brentford. Oh, so, I mean, he, yeah, it, <laughs> well, you wouldn't want to come in as the new manager for those three, would you? But Neil showed no signs of getting anything out of that team. After the last game, he, <laughs> he just said they were struggling to win football matches. Just came out and said that. I mean, <laughs> Thanks for that. How, Thanks for that analysis. Yeah, I could have told you that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was... Uh, I was literally about to bring that quote out myself. And the fact that he then left a slight pause after saying, we're struggling to win football matches. You're expecting him to give a reason for it. And he just goes, I think that's the best way to describe it. (laughs) 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 Yeah, it probably is. Uh, He looks, he looked like a defeated man. I think he expected it, to be honest. He did a, he did a very similar midweek post-match interview where he just, he looked totally fed up. And I think perhaps it's a case of what that classic cliche line of saying that, uh, He's done as much as he can. He's taken them as far as he can. Doesn't seem like really much has changed. Um, Certainly been backed in January, brought in plenty of players and spent a fair bit of money. But yeah, you're not really going anywhere with them. You say he's not in a relegation scrap. And then you mention those uh, (laughs) Those, those (laughs) three fixtures and you sort of think, if you get no points in the next three match weeks and a couple of the teams below you do, yeah, maybe not quite enough games to get dragged into it. But here's hoping. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Caretaker yeah, manager shaking yeah. in his boots 
Well, Luke, you mentioned about Preston not quite maybe being in that relegation scrap. And this weekend was certainly a weekend for the teams down there at the bottom. Some big, big games and what better place to start than Rotherham. Had to go to Ashton Gate and uh, in serious need of some points, particularly with their current situation at the moment. And they've done exactly that, haven't they? Gone to Bristol City, who um, are actually struggling for points at home, have been much better away from home recently. And uh, Rotherham have given them a bit of an aerial bombardment for 90 minutes, I think. Yeah, Dan Bentley's one of the most reliable keepers in the league. And he makes two absolute howlers. Comes out for the ball and misses them both times. Got the aerial presence of a rock or something. He still he still possesses the best save I've ever seen in the flesh when me and James went up to see Barnsley versus Bristol City. I don't know why we went to that, but it was great. I <laughs> 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 little trip to Oakwell. I, he's been re- he has been really good for, for a good couple of seasons, Bentley, but he's gifted Rotherham a win there and a win that they really needed because they've got an awful load of games coming up. He does um, possess the worst um, goalkeeping shirt in the league. I'll say that for him. <laughs> <laughs> if you've seen that, that black one with the weird colours on the front, it's just ridiculous. Get that in the bin. Um, and... <laughs> Hang on, while you're talking about that, his other kit, if, if that one's in the bin, his other kit is as well. That's even more ridiculous. Pink, yellow, green, name a colour and it's on there. Get that in the bin as well. Anyway, if they're both analysis. in the bin, what's he wearing? Oh, well, yeah. Skins, yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, you have to give credit to Rotherham, don't you? I mean, Bristol City have got nothing to play for now, but under Nigel Pearson... And no, y'all thought you'd be forced to <laughs> soon, I think. But um, <laughs> <laughs> under Nigel Pearson, Bristol City, they got nothing to play for, but you really thought there'd be a bit more of a bounce than this. Really sort of, um, I don't know, just a nothing performance that, wasn't it? Rotherham just came there, bullied them a little bit and got exactly what they needed. And it was a thoroughly professional Rotherham performance. And one that, I don't think many people saw coming with a, I doubt they'd be able to, they've been able to train much. Yes, you could say they've had a good rest, but uh, not been able to play as many games like other teams. And then to go there and put in that sort of performance, all credit to them from me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I wish I could disagree, but actually I can't. Um, they are in a bit of a mess and you can say, yeah, they've rested all you want. Uh, and, and okay. Yeah. They probably have rested up a little bit, but, Let's be honest, the manager's now got COVID as well, so he can't be at the games. Missed a lot of games, the, the kind of pile-up of fixtures he's come in. But to kind of do that, turn around and go, actually, yeah, we'll go away from home, bully a team, get a 2-0 win and uh, head off home with three points is massive for them. And it, it could be the start of uh, a bit of a revival out of the bottom three. And um, it's going to be interesting to see how Rotherham get on, actually. But you've got to give them some credit for it. You really have, unfortunately. Yeah, when you talk about the time off, we are referring to... Another wave of, of COVID cases through the club. I think it's like number three they've had. They've had another outbreak. 71 of the 72 teams in the EFL not having a single case and they've got 25. It's just, I'll let you draw your own conclusions whether you think it's just bad luck or, or suspect. But the, the fact that they've got so many games coming up, they've got nine games in April. They've just got them piling up. So the fact that they've won this one is, is huge. And uh, the fact that they don't even know when they're playing Coventry next month. And it's being thought of being stuck between two games that are five days apart. Bring it on. (laughs) (laughs) Lovely old job for Mark. The the thing is, with this difficult run of fixtures, 
they needed a little springboard, didn't they? And this was it, this performance against Bristol City. But they've got the international break now to have another rest. But who? <laughs> they they travel to the den straight after that. So I you mean, can't you can't have an aerial bombardment against Jake Cooper and Hutchinson, can you? Exactly. So we'll see. <laughs> I just I'm reflecting here, and I, I just can't put. It's, it is a really weird situation to be this many games behind at this stage. I've said it probably every week for about the last five weeks now, but it just feels ridiculous that going into the last 10 games of a season, someone can have that many games in hand. Um, whether you say it's their fault or not, or, you know, there's definitely something not quite right there. They're clearly not following all the protocols. If you've got 25 members of the team or staff out with COVID, there's something not right there. Not saying it's done on purpose, clearly, because it's not something that you you would want to do on purpose. Um, but it does feel like some sort of mismanagement has gone on and perhaps behaviour hasn't been perfect in terms of off the field. But it just feels, it, quite honestly, not not really fair. I'm not sure who it's not fair on, though. Like you say, they've got all those <laughs> I've games got an idea. piled up. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, but James, well, what, yeah. what do you... I may agree with that, but then what do you do about it? There's this is unprecedented times. Is it harsh to to put any sort of penalty on them for that? Yeah, I think so. I think I gave my solution to the problem two weeks ago, where which would have actually probably stopped this from happening, which would have been either extend the international break um, or put a week's pause in and allow the play the teams that needed to play to play their game so it would be even. Worst case scenario, Rotherham still pick up all of these COVID cases. There wouldn't be four behind. There would only be one, maximum two, which is a hell of a lot better for them and the rest of the division. Um, but I just, you can't, you can't put a penalty on them because you can't say that, you know, it's totally their fault that they've picked up COVID because it's just not exactly a, a fair thing to say. But equally, there needs to be some conversation had about the fact that, as Luke said, every other team's managed to be all right. And yet they've got 25 cases. We're not talking about five here. We're talking about 25. It's a hell of a lot. They're not following the rules, clearly. It does also feel strange to me that no other team managed to pick it up off them. They played Sheffield Wednesday in that midweek game and got a massive win there. And then the next day announced half the team had COVID, which is very strange that Sheffield Wednesday didn't get it off them, considering they would have been marking each other on corners you know, that's a bit of a strange one for me, but I don't know. I don't know what the solution is now. You can't do anything about it, can you? But I just think they must be feeling pretty well, great after this weekend. But I imagine a month from now, if it hasn't quite gone to plan for them, then they'll blame it on the fact there was a huge fixture pile up. They're having to play three games in a week. I just don't, I don't know. Can they not just extend the season um, and therefore extend the international break and say, if Rotherham, you need to play your, your, your games in hand in that week and then everybody else carries on again from there. I don't know what, what the solution is, but it's not not great for them or the teams around them. Yeah, you mentioned like just having 25 cases instead of a couple, you know, five, two, five cases or something. 25 cases. How many people work at a football club? If this is their like third <laughs> outbreak and 25 of them have got it, surely there's no one left to catch it. Now, like, I yeah, crunch, there's always I did, a bright side, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to crunch, I crunched some numbers because I got to use my degree somewhere. Step Here we go. <laughs> and 40,000 people tested positive in, in that week. And that's 0.06% of the population. So if you find 0.06% of the population of, of a certain area, you can find an estimate for how many people should have got it in that area. Like Rotherham's got 110,000 people. 
0.06% of that area. That's 66 people you'd expect to get COVID in Rotherham. 25 of them are at the club. <laughs> My honest response, <laughs> I haven't got one. <laughs> just, I don't know where to go from there. I mean, thanks for doing the maths. And on to the next game, I think. <laughs> don't come next week, Luke. <laughs> Well, in a week where BBC News have uh, released an article online that said, devoted fans experience dangerous levels of stress. James, how was your week? Coventry nil, Wickham nil. Yeah, great week. week. 2-0 loss against Luton, 0-0 against Wickham, going down. No, um, I think, (laughs) to be fair, you talk about dangerous levels of stress and maybe some of the heart rate associated with that. If you check my pulse at half time, I think you'd have been worried about how slow it was going. <laughs> it's one of the most boring games of football I've ever witnessed. It was, it was asleep. just horrendous. <laughs> it was absolutely horrendous. We got bored of trying to play football and just started copying them. And it was a game of who can kick the ball highest for about 40 minutes, I think. Um, who won? <laughs> them I think they won 2-1 uh, the um, the frustrating thing which we say week after week is if we put our chances away early the game's wrapped up Gus Hamer from about six yards out great ball in from Dabo all he needs to do is side foot it into the net wide then um, Big Max Biamu who I've been who I've been given quite a lot of praise to at the moment we've had a bit of a striker crisis and he's, he's sort of led the line well Jesus, it was awful from him. Uh, I was going to bring that one up. There was no (laughs) composure there at all, was there? It never looked like he was going to score, which is a shame for Biamu, man. (laughs) He's gone from a bit of a hero to zero, really. He did a a, um, couple of interviews over the last couple of weeks about how much he loves the club and this, that and the other. He missed an absolute sitter at Luton, virtually carbon copy to the one against Wickham. He hit the inside of the post against Luton. This time he just kind of forgot to shoot, then didn't really know what to do. And then <laughs> forgot to basically shoot. just and then basically realized that he needed to kick the ball somewhere. So just hit it at the goalie's face. Uh and then a little bit later on had another chance that he just sort of he didn't even look at the goal. He just kicked it into the side net and then turned around. It didn't even bother seeing if it had gone in. Um, not a great week for us not a great week at all especially when you look at some of the results around obviously we've discussed um, discussed Rotherham's result already today but it's not all doom and gloom in my opinion not all doom and gloom there's plenty of teams being dragged into this now plenty of teams being dragged into it it's a shame I mean you've got to beat Wickham sorry Wickham (laughs) you've got to beat Wickham Um, Mm. I think I mean they even interviewed Ainsworth after the game and he just sort of laughed at the fact that they were even still in the division to be honest he just sort of chuckled away (laughs) at himself and said we tried to do something but didn't have anything which was just hilarious they put every attacking player they had on the pitch and it still felt like they were defending but we um, (laughs) that's Coventry for you You big up your own side James he did say oh, there's like 10, 11 games left. There's no reason we, why we can't win all of them. I'm like, where have you been for the last 36? That is your yeah, reason you can't win all of them. Why, <laughs> Scoring goals, conceding goals, that's all it is. I think what I'm more concerned about is whether Coventry can win any more games. We've, we've got a strange old fixture list. Um, I think, again, we're one of those teams that's probably happy for a, a bit of a break over the next couple of weeks. We probably need it. It also gives chance for people like Gordon and Walker to get a few more minutes in their legs um, for the under-23s. Unfortunately, Dabo gone off with a hamstring injury again. 
Kelly gone off with a knee injury, which sounds like it might have ended his season. So I say it's not all doom and gloom, and then I talk about all the gloom. <laughs> but we, um, I think, I, th- I still, I still just believe we might have enough. The Liam Kelly one, Robin said after the match on him, "Oh, you know what Kells is like when he's injured. He's injured properly." Yeah. I'm like, what? What does that mean? Is he bragging that all yeah. of his injuries are season enders? Because he's just yeah. been out for three months, come back, and now he's out for the rest of the season. Well, I, th- I think so. I think he, he's he's probably alluding to the fact that he is a bit of a kind of warrior type figure for us. He's played through injuries. In fact, in the reverse fixture against Wickham, he scored a brace whilst limping. So I think that might be uh, might be what he's talking about. And he said it's apparently Kelly felt something pop in his knee, which is not great for us, obviously. But we almost tried to shoehorn in all of the kind of players that we've got, trying to play Hamer, O'Hare, Kelly, James, all in one midfield. We just, there was just not the fluidity that I would like to see. And I sort of feel, feel like actually we'd be better off playing two up top and maybe taking one of those midfielders out. And I think that's what Robbins has got a lot of stick for this weekend, going for one up top against Wickham instead of two. Uh, having said that, if Max puts away the early chances, everyone turns around and goes, Robin, masterclass, clean sheet, nicked it 1-0. Yeah, that is pretty much what I was going to ask there. There's been a lot of calls saying Coventry need to be more adventurous, things like that. Is it just a case of injuries or, yeah, like you said, it's the way Robbins is setting up even against teams like Wickham? Yeah, I mean, it's hard, isn't it? Because if you look at our promotion last season, it was all built on one up top, defend well first and then play it out from the back. So I think it, it there's a lot of people jumping to conclusions and actually being a little bit harsh on the fact that that's the system that got us promoted up until this point. We've not ever been in the bottom three um, and we are where we are based on playing in that way. And I think it's just the fact that we're having to play with a striker who perhaps doesn't suit being on his own up top at the moment. And that's just through injury. If, if it was God and I would like to feel like he would have put away at least one of those chances. So it feels a bit harsh to to sort of go after probably our best ever manager just because the striker can't put the ball in the net. I think what I would like to have seen is him make the changes a little bit earlier, but he never does that. So, you know, again, it's hard to knock him on something that's worked up until this point. Yesterday, if you'd asked me, I'd have probably been uh, jumping on the bandwagon and giving him a bit of stick. But when you sort of reflect on it and go, yeah, well, that's a system that's worked for up until now. Why would you change it with like sort of 10 games to go? Like I say, the only thing I would probably have done is brought on someone like um, Walker and maybe Godden a bit sooner than with 10 minutes to go because it's hard for them to make an impact at that point. But I think, look, it's a point gained. We move on. We've got that game in hand, which weirdly I think is going to be against Rotherham now. Um, People like Forrest aren't out of this scrap yet. And actually, if we win, we can at least match them on points now, I think, with the same games played. can actually go above people like Derby. So a lot of football to be played before we start jumping to conclusions. Well, whilst we're in the middle of talking about the teams down there in that relegation scrap, I think it really makes sense to go on to uh, to Sheffield Wednesday against Barnsley, which obviously was uh, one team absolutely flying in form in Barnsley against a team who seemingly can't can't get a win anywhere. I think there's no win in eight for them prior to yesterday. Um, but there you go. That's the championship for you, isn't it? Two on Sheffield Wednesday, giving themselves a lifeline, maybe. Yeah, that's the uh, the catchphrase there. That's the championship. Uh, it happens. <laughs> and lost in 12, Barnsley, before there. Never. It's a nice South Yorkshire derby against Sheffield Wednesday. And I mean, that is safe. We can safely say that is the one result no one was expecting. <laughs> yeah. 
I think hats off to Sheffield Wednesday. They've uh, scored two quite nicely taken goals, actually. The first was uh, classic Barry Bannon with a great ball into the box on the volley and then met met by the head of uh, Jordan Rhodes. And then the second one looked like they caught them on the break again and, and obviously Windass playing the ball across to, to Rhodes for him to grab a brace. But yeah, just no one saw that coming, did they? Um, quick mention for Carlton Morris, who we spoke about before, who seems to... Uh, be finding the net an awful lot for Barnsley and uh, much to the joy of the builders at Oakwell. Anyone see that? There was a uh, <laughs> group of builders in their high vis got themselves into a, um, a cherry picker, put it up in the sky so they could look into the game, gone absolutely nuts at the uh, Carlton Morris goal. So uh, get them men a season ticket for next year. Yeah, they book in overtime. Uh, when would you like overtime? Oh, just 3 to 5pm <laughs> yeah. on a Saturday, just outside the Barnsley ground, please. I'd love to see their boss <laughs> watching the highlights of that at home. <laughs> Hang on a minute. That's Neil and Bob and he- up there. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even and win. Kev called in sick. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, for- and that's a classic, isn't it? Another case of uh, the I follow cameras doing us, doing us a favour. Something we probably won't get to see next season. Yeah, what a shame. Another team who you can't deny are down there and in the scrap at the moment is Birmingham. And obviously, uh, new manager Bowyer coming in for them. Managed to change their fortunes somewhat in his first game, but then came up against a Watford side who are absolutely flying at the moment. Yeah, I mentioned last week how um, Cisco Munoz was failing to celebrate with his... Uh players at the end didn't I he was trying to jump on couldn't quite do it he managed it this week it wasn't as it wasn't as last minute but yeah he's one that loves the celebration I mean how just standard a a championship game was that you say the championship well this was a top v bottom game in all senses wasn't it Ken Semmer after four minutes and it was pretty much all all go (laughs) And I, I did also say a couple of weeks ago, why doesn't Chalabar score more goals? Well, he scored again. So yeah. <laughs> slightly, uh, he slightly simpler finish this time. Yeah, different. <laughs> <laughs> I think Watford are the team now, aren't they? You're looking at Swansea losing to Cardiff there and, and Brentford failing to win again. And Watford are just hitting a form at that exact right time, aren't they? And, I'd be very surprised if the top two uh, changed before the season ended. Yeah, I think we did take the mick out of Zisco Munoz when he joined because of his lack of experience in managing anywhere, really. Whenever I look at him, I do think he looks like a reggaeton nightclub owner, but he's clearly doing a job there. He's unbeaten against all the teams at, at the bottom. One of the only teams to take a point off of Watford this season, Coventry. Thank you, Mark Robbins. It's a good game. <laughs> Well, uh, Lee Bowyer, after the after the game, tried to make it sound like they were actually in the game and 3-0 was a bit harsh on them. But when you lose 3-0 to Watford, uh, you think you probably deserved it. And uh, <laughs> he's moved from, obviously, Charlton, where there was a bit of kind of a lot of background mess going on in his time there and new ownership and not always that stable. And he's gone to Birmingham, hope, probably hoping for a little bit of stability. Not sure he's going to get that, judging by a certain moment this weekend. I assume you're referring to a certain aircraft, and um, and it's not Avram Grant Millwall legend. It's uh, 
It's what was it by by the order of the blues, dong out or something. But anyway, yeah. it's, it's dong. I mean, out. imagine that. <laughs> That's, uh, that is a strange reference, isn't it? It's sort of like a Peaky Blinders by order of. Mm. I'm not sure Tommy Shelby goes around shouting dong out. I think the actual wording. <laughs> I think the wording of it was uh, dong must go. Okay, so I think yeah. they've been. I think they've been slightly intelligent about the wording of it, but um, yeah, clearly not happy. <laughs> with the situation there, the fans, there's, there's quite a few football clubs at the moment where their fan base aren't too pleased by the kind of CEO, director of football setup. Um, so, so yeah, I'm not sure whether it's a case of that, but, but it's probably going to be fairly simple compared to what Bowie has been through at Charlton. If there's someone who's used to it, it's Ali. <laughs> and, um, and let's just hope for his sake, it'll be uh, in league, in the championship where he'll be dealing with that nonsense next season instead of uh, <laughs> league when one. You s- when you say our sake... No, I was looking at Luke yours. when I said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for the ground and that, but... Yeah. <laughs> Who do you want to watch? Millwall. I'm watching Millwall. Yeah, that that could have easily been me midweek. Luckily, we don't focus too much on the midweek games, do we? 2 0 up at QPR at half time, cruising, great, one of the best halves of the season, and then absolutely collapse 3 2. And it's just one of those ones where would that have happened if we had something to play for? Maybe not. But you look at the league table now after that superb win on the weekend, and you think three more points would only be seven points off six there. It just sort of gives you. <laughs> 25 more points we're in the automatics <laughs> but it does at least thinking. it's something it's something to care about isn't it and think if they lose we win that's four points but it really is now mid-table uh, obscurity which is a shame but on to the weekend Neil Warnock he's back in London he's back at the den and that was for Muscat that uh that Warnock <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't like it down there and he doesn't like it again. I mean, it was just the classic performance, really. First half, get yourself a goal. Jed Wallace doing it all on his own. Said it many times on this show, what will we do when he leaves? God knows. But uh, hopefully it's not anytime <laughs> soon. I mean, every Finish good thing... below your normal. <laughs> uh, yeah. Move from sort of 8th to 10th to 12th to 14th and suddenly we're gone. <laughs> You've got to teach someone else to boot it into the opposition's defenders and into the net. Yeah. Uh, mm, you can't teach him that. Harsh. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, there's no teaching him. No, but the, the way we set up recently is quite interesting. I talked about it a little bit last week with Jed Wallace and Mason Bennett starting pretty much up front. None of them are strikers. We didn't play a striker again. And it's just worked. Finally, some pace up there with some players that know what they're doing up front. And it just seems to cause middle spread absolutely loads of uh, problems on the break. Should have scored a couple before then. And then Wallace just on his own down the left beats a man, smashes it against the defender and it goes in. (laughs) Uh, You know, is there anything more perfect than winning 1-0 at home from an own goal against a Warnock side? I'll ask you. And I'll say no. I was going to say actually, but then you pretty much said it yourself. You did actually have chances to win it by more. Um, I think Borough had a couple of couple of chances in the second half, and obviously Bart does Bart and keeps a clean mm. sheet again. But you probably had a, a good couple of chances to to probably make it two or three. But um, like you say, one nil own goal against Warnock at the Den. I mean, that just brings a smile to the whole division's face, doesn't it? And um, and obviously on Warnock. 
my high risk, high reward last week was um, that you would beat them. Tick. I then said that we would see Warnock get onto the pitch to shout at the ref. Tick. The only thing that didn't happen, though, was uh, the ball wasn't still in play. He, he showed a little bit of courtesy and waited until uh, the players were off the pitch. And unfortunately, he wasn't therefore sent to the stands. So I've hit the post on this week's high risk car reward. Not quite won it, Ooh. but always great to see uh, him world up at the den. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there going to be another video coming out of that? I hope so. But, uh, <laughs> uh, what, I, what I would argue with your prediction there is I, I, I'm pretty sure every single time Warnock does lose, he marches onto the pitch like that and goes after the ref. <laughs> so... <laughs> So you could say the prediction was Millwall would win, which is still a high risk, but it has paid <laughs> off. I mean, I did add to it by saying the ball had to still be in play and that he would get sent off. So yeah. I suppose that's where the risk was and that's why it didn't work. Another week with no wins. And moving on to the managers like we uh, we normally do, Gary Rower after the game. I mean, you don't get much more honest than him, I don't think, when it comes to, it comes to our team, like, he said he promised them a few extra days off if they won. I mean, we're going into the international break anyway, so I'm not sure <laughs> what, <laughs> what he meant there. I mean, and then he basically went on to say that we're not a very good team and we have to work bloody hard to win every single time. Words to that effect. And it just sort of spurs you with that hope that we could go on now and be a good team, you know. He just, he, uh... Does it? I mean, the manager <laughs> just it? told you... <laughs> We're shit. We're not very good. <laughs> and you're sitting at home going, go on, we're good. He said that to inspire us. <laughs> yeah. No, I do know. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. He's sort of playing it down and sort of, I think you also alluded to the fact that you're kind of always going to work hard. That's a minimum at Millwall and you're a decent sort of tight knit group maybe, but I'm not sure he was saying it's to get you kind of excited for a late, 30 points haul between now and the end of the season <laughs> no I mean I'm mainly referring to the fact that you know we've got some key players injured bringing some players in the summer and then mid-table next season <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah we've got 14th nailed on but as we said before you know <laughs> we, we are we are a team that does this this is the history of the club you know you spend four or five years in the second division you get relegated to the third division spend about three years there and repeat <laughs> this is our this is now, but this is now our our i think fifth season in the championship and we are we don't seem to be in any danger of relegation anytime soon so it is a it's a big period for the club and uh, you can't be disappointed when you're looking at uh, a club in tenth the size of Millwall. so Wrexham will sadly have to be promoted for me to get on it. <laughs> you better keep the seat warm, baby. We're down into League One and uh, I think it seems right to start with two brothers who have managed to get themselves from the quest sofa to the quest for promotion. It is, of course, the Cowleys taking the job at Pompey. It's a short-term deal, I think, but it looks a good, a good appointment for them and what a start they got off to in the early kickoff on Saturday. Yeah, if this game is played a month ago, it could send you to sleep. I know Andy's a big fan of Kenny Jacket, but two teams that were in dire need of a change of manager and it kind of showed. It was so much more end-to-end than these teams have been all season. And now you've got to you've got to say that they're both in a promotion chase again. Yeah, I think Cook will be massively disappointed. Um to be honest, 
watched this one as the early kickoff and and they dominated for quite a lot of the first half. And and you say about a month ago this would have been a bit boring, and but the commentators actually sort of said it feels like everything happened that wasn't happening for Kenny Jacket. They got the rub of the green on a couple of things. There was a potential that the ball went out of play for their second goal. I don't think it did, um, but it was close. They also scored from a corner, which is something apparently Jacket had been saying they hadn't been managing to do recently. Um, There was also like a strange one-two deflection for the Marcus Harness winner, which it hits the defender, falls perfectly back at his own feet for him to slot away. And um, it was almost kind of like the commentators were also a little bit sad it hadn't worked out for Jacket. And if you put that with the fact that um, the club released that sort of thank you Kenny thing on Twitter this week, I I don't think it was... uh, something that anyone necessarily wanted to happen. But like you say, it needed to happen. And, and the difference that, that the Cowleys brought with them, when they attacked, they got forward quickly. It was on the ground. And I think they used some of the qualities that people like um, Harness and Curtis have got. And uh, and actually, they, they obviously came out winners. But I do feel a bit for Cook. I, think, I feel like he will have feel a bit hard done by that he's come away with no points there. Yeah, one of these teams is clearly going to miss out on promotion because I think they're both aiming for playoffs. But... They've just the fans have just got to be happier that the football is actually watchable now. I think that's it. It's just watchable. I, I think how no one went in for the Cowley brothers before is beyond me because they've never really been unsuccessful anywhere. Mm, they were linked with that as to job last week, Luke. As well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It- it is strange, um, and they were linked with every job, but also it's weird that, P- that Portsmouth have only given them the short-term contract, which says maybe they were asking for high wage, or maybe the fact that because there's two of them, obviously you've got to give two wages out, and at the moment clubs are obviously having to be a little bit more kind of financially careful. But um, you say only one team will probably make promotion, and that'll probably be because if they both get anywhere near it, or both be in the playoffs. I actually don't think that Ipswich are quite good enough yet. Um, I think Cook's unfortunately not had the, the kind of transfer window to be able to change anything. He's inherited a team and a club that at the moment are not in great shape. And I think, although definitely they've got a chance of finishing up there in those playoff positions, I, I still think Pompey are a better side on paper. And I do actually think that they're the more likely to go up. Something that did make me laugh was uh, Cowley had a bit of a laugh to himself. Um, Danny, that is, after the game where he said, perhaps we might actually be able to win a playoff game with this football club, which was quite, quite funny, I thought. <laughs> maybe, maybe we can win something this season. Digging at your new club already. Brilliant. <laughs> there are a few teams up there that are like, well, there's Gillingham that are on a run at the moment. There's Charlton have just got Nigel Adkins in. Have you seen what Nigel Adkins has been doing when I was, since he's been off? Like since he hasn't been in a job, he's just been posting motivational videos online. About how it's like, oh, today's going to be a great day. Oh, I hope everyone's okay. And I'm thinking, if if his Charlton side make the mistakes that they made in in that game yesterday, he's not going to be posting those for much longer. The uh, <laughs> but the thing is, Luke, it's it's all marketing. You know, you've seen those videos. Everyone's seen them. They thought, nice guy, Adkins. He deserves another <laughs> job. Charlton job comes up, walks in. I bet that's in their mind, you know, positive guy. And to Motivator. be honest, yeah, <laughs> the he tries to laugh people. five, six times a day. It just keeps him. <laughs> <laughs> five or six. Um, 
but I was going to say, he's normally someone who gives us something, you know. we uh, <laughs> He's normally a guy who gives us something. I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, like ins- inspiration, Andy. That's what this is. Yeah, but we we have a risk on this show of just, you know, talking about Pearson and Warnock, and it could, you know, be the same thing every time. So the gods of the Charlton gods have gifted us with Nigel Adkins. <laughs> <laughs> We've got another one. I've got another one. And um, unfortunately, I I did watch his whole six-minute post-match interview hoping for gold. Didn't come. It was very level-headed. Very level-headed. Spoke really honestly about the game, actually. It was quite quite nice to see him about why he made certain decisions and things. So we'll hope for more of that for him with a bit of laughter. One thing he probably didn't decide to do himself or probably ask his defence to do was for uh, his centre-half to grab an assist and lay it straight through to the opposition's centre-forward to slot in the net, <laughs> which surely will will disappoint him. Um, but yeah, no, great to have Adkins back. It's been a bit weird that how long, how long he's sort of been out of the game, especially uh, in the EFL. So it'll be interesting because Charlton is still certainly in with the chance of getting right up there if they can put put together a bit of form. So, uh, so yeah, let's see what Adkins can do. And Luke, you mentioned Gillingham being on a bit of a roll at the moment and what a start they got off to against um, Doncaster, who seems to have stuttered a little bit since Moore left. Picked up a 2-0 lead early on against Donny and uh, Big V getting on the score sheet again, which I'm sure brought a smile to your face, Luke. (laughs) But then they chucked it. But if you're going to concede two goals, you want Coppinger to be scoring and assisting, don't you? That man just doesn't get old, does he? <laughs> nice to see a 40-year-old in the AFL <laughs> not screaming at former managers. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps next year they should give him the goalie gloves. Well, <laughs> they go and goal for a season. You say that, they are without a permanent manager at the moment. So he's 40, he's, he's running the game for them, goal line and assist. Just give him, just let him do everything. <laughs> Washing the kits, making the yeah. meals. <laughs> that was a classic game that, it was two all after 23 minutes. So you just knew what was going to happen after that ended two all. Real shame. <laughs> Andy, you said it was classic two all after after sort of 25 odd minutes and then goes on to be two all for the rest of the game. I think you got another classic from Steve Evans this week, didn't you? Yeah, this was pre-match. This was uh, in the week sometime. He's not one to big himself up, is he? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Steve Evans, no. He he does look like they, well, they do look like they could be uh, ending up in the playoffs this year if their form carries on. But they shouldn't be there, according to him, as they apparently have the lowest budget in League One. I mean, I don't know if we want to run through some teams here that clearly suggest that that isn't true. But, I mean, the, <laughs> the Accrington Stanley owner has come out and laughed at it. <laughs> so... <laughs> So they've already thrown their name in. I'm sure if Rochdale, Wimbledon, Northampton, Swindon, Burton, Bristol Rovers all want to have a laugh at it as well, they would. Maybe not Bristol Rovers. (laughs) (laughs) So what you're saying is actually most of the league has got a lower budget than Steve Uh, Evans is doing. Mid-table, mid-table. You're still doing a good job. Stop being so insecure, Steve. Come on. (laughs) I'm surprised Nathan Jones hasn't put the name in the hat for that one. You know, we've you know, got the you, second lowest budget in the division below Nathan you're not even in the division look at me <laughs> I feel physically sick you 
talked about Gillingham being able to uh, put together that kind of run that might see him sneak into the playoffs there. And another team that I think have uh, maybe been doing it quite quietly. I know that Colin from uh, Quest won't be happy if I say that they're doing it under the radar, but they are doing it under the radar, Blackpool. And uh, with their games in hand, plus the form that they're on, they look like perhaps they could put together a good little run and, and obviously beating Oxford, who people would have fancied to be right up there this season, is more proof that they're they're able to do it this year and, and a great result for them. And I think they actually leapfrog Oxford with that with that win there. Obviously, Oxford this week as well. There's been a lot of talk around the fact that they might be being taken over by some Indonesian investors, which could obviously maybe give them a bit of injection of, of money uh, that they could potentially build for next season. So it's going to be interesting to watch both of those clubs. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see whether they uh, have enough money to, to finish their stadium. Wouldn't that be the first thing I'd, <laughs> I'd get done? They, they, and in, they can see those investors turning up and sort of seeing a car park at one end of the stadium and just turning <laughs> right round and, uh, <laughs> and going to Swindon instead. But yeah, Blackpool, I mean, they've got a massive four games in hand on Charlton, who currently occupy the sixth uh, spot in the league, and they're only three points behind. So, yeah, no one's making a big deal about Blackpool's uh, fixtures <laughs> at the end of the season, but Rotherham seems to be getting a lot of the stick instead. <laughs> <laughs> That's because we like Blackpool. <laughs> yeah, no yeah we do, we do. <laughs> yeah, you can look forward to games in hand if you're on that sort of run. Uh, you know, we've talked about Carlisle, we'll get on to them. But they had so many games in hand and lost them all, and now they're mid-table. But Blackpool, you, when you when you've got three or four games on every team above you, like you can really look optimistic. And whether they make it or not is another question. But it's it's really good time to be a Blackpool fan. I think there's only one place for us to really finish up our League One roundup, isn't there? It's isn't it great? One thing that okay, we may not we may not always agree on everything. But this is something we can all agree on, isn't it? It's just fantastic to have our Rochdale back, just the way that we know and love them. Three goals <laughs> scored, three goals conceded, one point gained. Well done, Rochdale. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if, you, if, if you go back to uh, January the 18th is when our episode 10 was released called Rochdale are playing basketball and um, yeah I feel I've been taken back to that special time where the three all <laughs> three all we did joke about them playing basketball in the past and then I believe last week I made a few comments that it was basketball but just at their end and <laughs> and now it's now it's at both again but uh, you say that, but then they did concede a 93rd minute penalty, which looking at the league table would have been a vital extra two points that they've dropped there. Yeah, that would have dragged them out of the relegation places. Uh, when you score in the 90th minute to put yourself in front, you think, that's it. We've got three points out of the relegation places. Concede a penalty in the 93rd. It is nice to have Rochdale back. <laughs> it is. I think, to be fair, when you've got you're coming up against uh, Johnson Clark Harris, Sariki Dembele and Sammy Schmodix. It's always going to be hard to contain them. So why not let them have one each? But, um, just curtis, it would have been wrong. I think exactly. I think at the end they thought, hey, oh, we might as well kick them now, give Clark Harris a chance to score. But um, yeah, Rochdale, you know, if you can't, if you're not breaking any records, then you might as well go after one. And they've, uh, they've now failed to win after scoring three goals at home for the fourth time in one season. And there's plenty more games to come for them to do it again. <laughs> so, uh, 
Yeah, it is great to have them back. The manager after the game almost laughing that it had happened. You could tell he was visibly gutted there, Barry Murphy. And um, But yeah, sort of laughed at the situation. Not sure he'll be laughing in 10 games time if that's still the situation. Though. <laughs> uh, but see, it's Rochdale. And just to completely round up for League One, it really would be remiss. It would be a shame for us to, <laughs> to not mention <laughs> Dean Lewington's 800th game for MK Dons, a real EFL stalwart there. But yeah, Dean Lewington, superb player. Probably on his way out, actually, at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> always, got, <laughs> always got to bring it down. Yeah, they've, they've brought in a few younger players there. Could be his last season. Good luck to him. <laughs> he'll probably, he'll probably like uh, get that transcribed, written out, put that on as a poster on his wall. That, that, was, that was really <laughs> He's nice. He's on his way out, Andy Hayden. <laughs> to have that medal now, that's no one can take that away from you. You'll be able to tell the grandkids all about it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've got to get a missus first, but do you know what I mean. <laughs> so if you can, do you know what I mean? I'm on that one. I'm looking right now. Well, the Salford players absolutely buzzing last week and, of course, managing to break a record for uh, the shortest time being the holders of uh, the Papa John's Trophy medal there. Slammed back down to earth <laughs> by going uh, going to Cheltenham, a Cheltenham side who were doing all they possibly could to make sure they weren't overshadowed by the horse racing that's been going on recently. <laughs> and uh, Just how they've done it. When will League Two learn? Another long throw from Toza, another goal and a great win for Cheltenham. I don't think Duff was too keen on playing any football this weekend. Perhaps had his mind on the races himself. Didn't want to, almost didn't want to turn it into a, a football match, if that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, what sort of comment is that as a manager after your team's just won a football match? I didn't want to play football. so well, It sounds genius <laughs> to me. Yeah. You've just beaten Salford 2 0 and said, didn't want to turn it into a football match. He's turned it into his own match. <laughs> <laughs> what was his half time team talk? You boys best not go out there and play football. Make sure you win. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't want it to be. Yeah, we weren't we weren't slick and expansive today, but I was deliberate. Didn't want us to be. Um, <laughs> didn't want us to be. That's brilliant. That <laughs> so we could be. We could be. Didn't want us to be. It's like, <laughs> it's like when you embarrass yourself as a kid, and you're like, oh, "I meant to fall off my bike. I meant to do that. I meant to do." Uh, that. Well, I never fell off my bike, Luke. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah point to that, Liz. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was the the most sort of David Brent of all comments we've had so far, isn't it? <laughs> uh, and not to make a complete joke about Cheltenham, they are top of League Two now. Oh yeah, and I mean he's doing a great job. To be fair, so you can't really knock him. I just found it funny that he did basically say, "Well, we could have beat them playing like that, but didn't want to. I wanted to beat them different this week." So, mm. so we have still <laughs> testing, top. testing themselves. Still top anyway. Yeah, <laughs> still top. <laughs> still one though. Still one. You say that's like championship winning form. If if you win when you're not playing well, but to win when you don't even want to play football is just a whole different level. You send them out there in the wrong kit. <laughs> <laughs> right, lads, we're playing tiddlywinks Ameri- this week. <laughs> What's the kit for tiddlywinks? <laughs> I was going to say, like, American football or something, and you said tiddlywinks. <laughs> you don't look at someone and go, oh, yeah, yeah. clearly off the go. I really want to play tiddlywinks <laughs> against Luke now just to see what he turns up in. 
Luke, you talked there about championship winning football and, and form and uh, Bolton. You've got to look at Bolton on an absolute storming run at the moment. They've uh, they've now entered their best run in 20 years, two decades. 32 points from a possible 36, absolutely flying. And the kind of automatic spots are definitely there for them. So uh, what a season they're having after quite a few people us included, wrote them off a few, <laughs> many weeks back <laughs> and questioned Ian Everett. I'm still questioning his behaviour towards the young goalkeeper. But what a run of form they're on. You're telling me that this is a better run than Sam Allardyce ever had with JJ Kocha, Ivan Campo, Jan Apokolos, Nigel Rio Coca. Kevin Davis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, put Wikipedia down for a second. <laughs> it is a different division. <laughs> Yeah, this is, this is the only time they've been in the fourth tier. So we won't Sorry. give them too much praise. <laughs> but no, what a great run of form. And to be fair, the, you, you'd fancy them to uh, to go up automatically now on that run. And on that note, obviously built a uh, beat, beat a Warsaw team that are in absolute dire straits at the moment. Uh, no win in 10 since Daryl Clark left and... Not looking great for them at the moment. Obviously lost an asset to Luton as well in the transfer window and they're struggling and Bolton were there to take advantage. Moving on to, to Luke's adopted side, Carlisle United. Another really disappointing result for them. Just 18 minutes it took for, for Ronald McDonald to get sent. Sorry, Rodney McDonald <laughs> to get sent out. <laughs> Concrete Rod, as people called him when he played for Coventry. Rob McDonald yeah. <laughs> uh, covering himself in uh, some serious glory. It's Talking of unreal, it's serious though, cement. <laughs> he looked like he was stuck in cement. The lack of movement as he brought the player down. As I call him, the inanimate carbon rod. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, he did win Worker of the Week at the power plant in 1995. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for the Worker of the Week award. We simply could not function without his tireless efforts. Sue, a round of applause for this inanimate carbon rod. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm fucking crying. Simpsons reference number 9017. Inanimate carbon rod. <laughs> Dear, oh dear, just as we were all piling in on how many nicknames, how many references could we make, that one was terrific. Well done, Rodney. <laughs> well, we... <laughs> uh... <laughs> I mean, we, in all seriousness, no, we, we, can't, we can't just give uh, Robert Donald some stick. The third and final goal from, um, from Stevenage had an absolutely classic Bennett moment. He's looked across the line. Now, you might need to watch this one back. He's looked across the line, realised that he's the sort of furthest defender towards his own goal. <laughs> Makes an absolute sprint to try and play the striker off, <laughs> to try get him offside. Gets it all wrong and it ends up leaving the centre forward clean through on goal for a third goal and, and, and to completely seal it. And that is just classic Bennett, isn't it? <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> yeah. Apart from the sprinting bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel there are so many Bennets in the AFL. One of them's bound to cock up every week. It makes it so yeah. easy to just rip into the namesake. But yeah, and rip into namesake we will. Yeah. The, um, 
I feel like by laughing so much at, um, at Carlisle's expense, we've not actually reflected on the fact that Stevenage put together some brilliant football for their goals. There was a great goal from a corner, which I don't know how he's quite controlled it so well, but he's, the corner's been whipped in. He's controlled it and then just smashed a volley into the net and uh, really set Stevenage on their way. And again, another team on form and look like they've pulled themselves away from those relegation spots. And uh, that run for Carlisle just doesn't look nice, does it, Luke? No, but but then again, <laughs> you got no, you got nothing to play for. Mid table, you're losing every game. Uh, nothing to play for. Bring on next season. Bring on next season. That's that goal though for, from from Tom Pett is 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 like Henri esque. Yeah. We talked about Berg Campus. That's unreasonable. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Can we have uh, Carlisle Stevenage next week, please, as well? <laughs> Luke's quiz. Edit that in. <laughs> now, time for the quiz. I've mentioned this off the podcast right. that this is going to be a lot of educated guessing. Jesus Christ. I never win when it's educated guesses. If it's something that's actually like a little bit of, little bit of fact, then I've got more well, of a chance. But... What are you trying to say? <laughs> Andy's just luckier. I'm trying to say you're more football. of a guess man. <laughs> Surrounded by guess men. Right. <laughs> let's. Well, this week, teams from the EFL to never play in the top flight of English football. Are Current we talking EM. Premier League or just top flight? Oh, top flight ever. Oh, what? Jesus Christ. Yeah. So it is, educa- so it is educated is guessing. ridiculous. Christ since since what year? Like just the beginning of time. Yes. <laughs> In the world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Okay. okay. If it was Premier okay. League, I mean, there'd be a lot of answers, but... Uh, Hang on. This is just... This is there is a not, lifeline? This is or? top flight, isn't it? Not Premier League. So you just got to name the lowest of the low and <laughs> the lowest of the low. Current league to... Oh, there's a lot of answers, isn't there? Okay. Let's just go for it. He's hovering over the correct answer there, but I think that's the wrong option. (laughs) (laughs) Now, one exception, I'm going to take out Wimbledon and MK Dons from being potential answers because of the, like, Wimbledon becoming MK Dons and then Wimbledon becoming a team, yeah. So I've taken that out as a possible answer. So you've got 28 left to get, but it is a lot of educated guessing. So I'm going to give you one life each. Uh, So this lasts more than a minute. We like a life. I think the, you can't really win with this one, though. I think you can only lose, can't you, if you say something stupid and one of us goes, no, nah, they were in the top flight in 1998. <laughs> <laughs> and it's me to go first, is it? I'm going to go f- I'm gonna take a, a risk here, an early punt. Bristol Rovers. I'm going to say, I'm going to stick with my uh, um, Wimbledon with my, with my <laughs> no, I stick with my method of going for the lowest of the low in League 2 Harrogate Town I'll go for Accrington Stanley who are they? Exactly. Barrow oh god he's taking up all the ones I should be taking up <laughs> <laughs> um, Burton Albion 
Salford City. Um, Exeter City. God, this is some good educated guessing. This isn't. This is just. This is a, a forest green. <laughs> <laughs> forest green rovers. Forest green rovers. Yeah, that's right. As soon as someone gets the first one wrong, the pressure is really on. It's always you, though, that loses their life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been me every time we've had one of these. Uh, Scunthorpe. Scunthorpe United. Stevenage. Oh, thank God. I'm going to head back up the divisions and go for Wickham Wanderers. Uh, I said Forest Green, so I'm going to also say Cheltenham Town. Oh. oh, you two on a roll today. You start to get to the point where you've forgotten what's been said, don't you? <laughs> uh, I haven't even been listening Wimbledon. to your answers. <laughs> yeah, same. I'm so been... on my own. Yeah, yeah. Same. <laughs> same. Lincoln. Oh. <laughs> Heating up. Um, Crawley Town. It's got to be right, surely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Shrewsbury Town. (laughs) How long is this going to go on for? Are we going to have a a recap soon? (laughs) Of what we've we've said. Can you put it in an email, please? (laughs) Right, we've had Accrington Stanley, Barrow, Bristol Rovers... Burton Albion, Cheltenham, Crawley, Exeter, Forest Green, Lincoln, Shrewsbury, Scunthorpe, South. Uh, oh, that's not so. Uh, oh, <laughs> nice. uh, Stevenage, Wickham, Harrogate, and Salford. I've already <laughs> forgot everything you said before Salford, South except End. South End. <laughs> There's another one for you. I'll pop in and move on. How answer. many? How well many done, to Luke. go then, Luke? Well done, Luke. Fifteen. If we said Mansfield. Oh, it's so stressful when he takes his time. You're not Devine there, Luke, for God's sake. <laughs> and in no particular order. <laughs> Rotherham United. Grimsby Town. <laughs> no, you're beauty. He's lost the first life again. The- I don't think I've said this. Um, Colchester. I want to. I'm going to say Peterborough. Oh, no. oh, thank God. I don't think any of us have said this. Tranmere. No, I would never have said that. Well, I was wrong. Not for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> have we said? Have we said Fleetwood? Yeah. Plymouth. Every time it comes back round to Andy now, you can just feel the stress radiating off of her. (laughs) He's currently sitting there for the listeners, head on hands, Warnock style. (laughs) (laughs) Conceded a pen. I realised I've messed that up as well because I've said head on hands. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, press incorrect, press incorrect. Take a punt here. They've all been punts, haven't they? <laughs> no, no. But I've been fairly confident about most of them. And say, Leighton Orient. 
Defeated. Look at that look. Oh, yes. Can I just say for the record, I only had one more shout and it was Rochdale. I thought we said... I think yeah, we Rochdale's said correct. Warsaw? No, they've played top flight. Yeah, no, Warsaw's another no, one. No, I don't need to keep going. I don't need to keep going. Do not need to keep going. Oh, Newport. Port Vale? Newport, yeah. Port Vale. Newport right was the one I was thinking of, yeah. Morecambe? Morecambe's another one. Jeez, I'm oh, reading them off God. now. Gillingham. Yeah, oh Gillingham, God. Cambridge and... Cambridge. Cambridge and Crewe, the other two. 1962-63, Andy. Leighton Orient came bottom of the first division. Eight four. Yeah, it was actually a. It was a bit easier that that round. I somehow still managed to cock it up. <laughs> Shit! Did you see that? He must have a foot like a traction engine. We move on from the quiz straight into. Uh... Goal of the week. There's been quite a few goals talked about this week. A lot of uh, goals I feel like we might need to talk about in terms of nominations. There was that great goal at Grimsby from a free kick. Anything else that you want to talk about before you bring along your goals? No, it sounds like we're diving straight on in there. (laughs) Come on then, Luke. Deep end, please. Right, I've gone for uh, Nigel Adkins. Well, I've not gone for him. I don't think he scored. Uh, we alluded to this goal earlier. Akin Fumero, how do you underhit a seven-yard pass back to the goalkeeper? Doesn't matter. He's done it. Ryan Munt-Longman just jumps in, scores his second goal of the game. <laughs> What's his surname? Ryan Longman. Yeah. It sounded like you said Ryan Muck-Longman. He definitely did. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. Yeah. Right, Ryan Luck-Longman scored a, a Ryan three yards. Look, Ryan, we can't always play it on the floor. Sometimes you've got to look Longman. <laughs> <laughs> so appropriate the... to the situation as well. <laughs> yeah, he's he scored from three yards out. Absolute gift. And Nigel Adkins, just when he was starting to like all those videos, like he was really appreciating life and all the inspirational. I think welcome back to the football league, Nigel Adkins. Yeah, I mean you can't do videos like that, and whilst you're actually a football manager, can you? Because you you just. <laughs> You'll get brought back down to earth time and time again and say the, the world's not a good place, is it? <laughs> good goal, Luke. Um, not one that I would vote for myself, but... <laughs> <laughs> not a Wimbledon fan, Andy. What have you brought along? I've brought along a goal that was scored by Accrington Stanley uh, against Wick, uh, Wigan, not Wickham. They'll be playing each other next season. Next season. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, Accrington... Uh, who knows? I've sort of I've I've I'm, <laughs> I'm sticking <laughs> You're speechless. You're speechless. That's what you're trying to say. Because people will be shocked again. What goal from that game would he possibly be going for? I've seen that game. I've seen those goals. But it's the same method I used before. I won a lot of goal of the weeks, a lot, with um Troy, <laughs> Troy Deeney. <laughs> Obviously Deeney when he was being picked for Watford. Scored a lot of goals where, well, they were penalties. They were penalties. <laughs> around the bush there. But he's, he's, he's just ran up and hit it as hard as he can, pretty much straight down the middle. That's the important bit, straight down the middle. <laughs> and um, 
I think Dion Charles, who's scored a lot of goals, we've mentioned him a few times, good good striker for Accrington. He's obviously been watching Troy Deeney videos. Uh, he's got Troy Deeney posters up on his wall. He wears Troy Deeney <laughs> pyjamas. And he's... <laughs> They're winning 2-1 already, so maybe he thinks he can do it this time. So he just absolutely hammers a penalty straight down the middle. Might not look that good. Might not look that good. But um, Jamie Jones in the Wigan net does not move an inch, yet still can't (laughs) save it because it's just so, so powerful. And it just really reminded me of the Deeney good old days in the early days of this podcast before we went downhill. I, I just knew you would bring that along. When I saw it, I just thought, that's got Andy all over it. An absolute thunderbolt from 12 yards. Nothing the goalkeeper can do. If anything, the keeper's pleased he hasn't got anything on it because he would have been in the net with the ball if he had. He would have been hurt. He <laughs> would have been hurt, he would. Uh, it's a great strike. On reflection, though, we've got a penalty and a... Uh, Defensive back pass gone wrong, tapped in from three yards. I can already. you expect hear, anything else? I can already hear the listeners going, "Give it, James." <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we won't leave them waiting any longer. I think I actually mentioned this player earlier on, and when we were talking about Peterborough and their front three, Clark Harris obviously scored a goal this weekend from the penalty spot. Sammy Smodix took his goal well, but it's Dembele that I want to focus on. Beats a couple of players and then just rockets one from uh, quite a way outside the area, actually, and just flies Mm. into the far corner of the net. And it's just a great goal, isn't it? It's an absolute great goal. Sort of goal that you want to see from that Peterborough side because you know they're capable of it. Sariki Dembele, I'm not going to talk about it anymore. It's just goal of the week, isn't it? Well, it just wasn't that far outside the box, was it? Um, Yours was in Yard, yard. (laughs) That penalty would have gone in from the halfway line. But (laughs) the ref said you have to put it on the penalty spot. (laughs) (laughs) I think he sold it to me there. Yeah, I thought I think he sold it to me. Pulled out that bag. eyes lit up there. I thought... (laughs) It's sort of the, we've got to gang up on the actual good goal every week, haven't we? Yeah, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> I'm bereft yeah. of ideas. What can I even say? <laughs> Confident shot. That is the last time I bring a good goal along. Christ. Right, I'm voting for Andy's. It would have gone in from the halfway line, but the ref said put it on the spot. Yeah, You've sold it to happened. me, Andy. One vote for Dion Charles. Yeah, two votes for Dion Charles. <laughs> 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 I think it's mine and Andy's job to railroad this section of the podcast. Every I feel like week. Yeah, just whenever... this section. We'll try not to let it leak <laughs> into the other sections like you normally do. <laughs> whenever I lose the quiz, I have to come back stronger in the uh, in the goal of the week category and just make sure I get Luke on my side for that, <laughs> just so I can come away with something. So I, turn Luke. Up, so I turn up next week. Because otherwise, if I get, get Luke on your side, you just say something ridiculous because you know he'll just laugh at it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's worked 3 0 Dion Charles. <laughs> Play the clip. <laughs> what clip? <laughs> the Dion Charles no clip. clip. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. It must, must be time for high risk, high reward. 
whenever you hear that, you just know it's time for high risk, high reward, don't you? And you can't help but thinking every single week. It says sometimes maybe good, <laughs> never ever good. So on that note, Luke, what are you going for? On the hunt for the first high risk, high reward winner. Um, I normally say, and you'll be happy to know I'm not going for this again. I normally go for dog on a pitch. <laughs> and I was inspired by uh, a dog running on a pitch in a game in Bolivia. Now, I'm going to I'm going to Spain for my next bit of inspiration. Sevilla's goalkeeper has scored in the 94th minute on the weekend. Now, with a lot of uh, scraps going on, bottom of League One, bottom of League Two, both looking very spicy in the relegation scrap. I think we're going to see this start at the end, this end of the season more goalkeepers coming up from corners. You know, 90th minute. Now, I think we're going to see a goalkeeper score. That's my high risk. Um. High risk. Is that is that high risk enough? We don't see it. Oh, yeah, no, it is. Uh, yeah, you can have that. But Luke, what was the name of that severe goalkeeper who scored? What, Bono? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and listener at home, you make your own jokes. There. Oh, I was no, just no, about no, to... no, 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 you weren't about to say anything. <laughs> I had four lined up. What, from the edge of the box? No, uh, he showed a lot of desire. Yeah. I, I was going to say... <laughs> Who's going to that do would... it with or without you? Yeah. <laughs> it would have been a beautiful day. if it Yeah, had where the stadiums have no name. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, We've done it anyway, also... done it anyway. Oh, another one. Uh, I was, uh, well, I was going to go, if a goalkeeper scores against you, then you're probably sitting there feeling like you're in vertigo. So. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, let's okay. move on, right. Joshua Tree Coyote. Um... <laughs> <laughs> You put it in there for the midweek games and you just know when it's going to happen, don't you? Well, Sunday, bloody Sunday. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I almost transitioned nicely onto my high risk high reward with Joshua Coyote there. But we had to, you had to get one more in, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Went to the Carlisle, Joshua Coyote. It just felt like the sweetest thing to do, so. Okay, someone has Googled you two songs and has it up on their screen right now. It's not me. It's not me. <laughs> okay, Carlisle, Leighton Orient. Carlisle, obviously, this one of the stories of the EFL this season, having to be led for so long, having led for so long and then uh, falling apart. They're, they're up against Leighton Orient this weekend, and I think they may lose again. But something that we don't see very often is a player manager. Joby McAnuff, uh, manager of Leighton Orient, is going to score a hat-trick. He's got two <laughs> goals this season. He's got two goals this season, which isn't too bad for a someone who is of a certain age, which is... <laughs> <laughs> 39, 39, 39. Talking of Googling things and putting them on the screen in front of me. (laughs) I think that one may have been one I should have already known, considering it was my pick. (laughs) We've seen two good um, choices there from myself and Luke. James, what have you gone for? Well, I've had a little look through the fixtures and this one that's really stuck out. It's uh, not only potentially a bit of a... Not too far away from each other, rivalry, but also down there at the moment in that scrap for the uh, avoiding the League One relegation is Bristol Rovers against Swindon Town. Sheridan, Barton, all the potential for things to uh, really heat up in that game. Barton really needs a win. 
been massively inconsistent since he took over um, and not really sort of kicked on with that new manager bounce that I think a few of us thought he would have. What I'm going to go for is I'm going to go for someone for Bristol Rovers. I don't care who, to be honest. We'll uh, (laughs) bag a goal. And uh, when they (laughs) score... No, that isn't my uh, no. that isn't my high risk high reward. <laughs> Someone for Bristol Rovers to score. Um, no, they're not. They're bad. They're not that bad. We. Um, I'm predicting Barton to lose it when they score, and I'm foreseeing a massive knee slide down the side of the uh, down the side of the pits, and Sheridan to not take kindly to it. Teams then get together, Argentinian swinging and kicking style fight to ensue, all because of a Joey Barton knee slide. High-risk, high-reward, baby. Another great round of uh, high-risk, high-reward there and something for us all to keep our eyes on. And um, as we sort of head towards the tail end of the season now, I just wanted to say thanks for everyone who's obviously been getting involved with our social medias, listening along. Don't forget to, um, if you haven't already, find us on Twitter. Andy? At Three's a Crowd Pod. Perfect. Emails, Andy? Oh, difficult one, that one. Three's a Crowd <laughs> <laughs> Crowdpod at outlook.com. Perfect. And don't forget to tell your friends, your pals, your mums, your dads, your grands, your aunts about the podcast. I'm sure they'll enjoy it too. I think that all really leaves me to do, boys, is say thank you very much and see you next week. See you next Monday. See you next week, fellas. The rod. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me. Rod. <laughs> Where's that <laughs> come from? That is so good. It was rod, wasn't it? Carbon rod. <laughs> it's when he wins worker of the week over home. I didn't watch any of the highlights oh, of that right. game, but pulled out two good gags. <laughs> <laughs>